0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the Internet and Radio Ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Our world is filled with various religions which can cause us to become mixed up and not know what to believe. However, the good news is that one particular ancient book is extremely well-authenticated and has an overwhelming amount of evidence supporting its reliability. Join us for today's message entitled, Live Better, Connected to God's Word.
1: Today we're going to take a look at some helpful last words of advice from a senior saint. So I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you today for the gift of your Holy Word and the mighty truths it contains. We know that Jesus told his followers that the Word is truth and the truth makes us free. So as we open the Bible today... Our petition is simply this. Speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Second Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient and equipped for every good work. Here ends the reading. Dear friends, I've always been kind of fascinated by the last words of well-known people. These words might hold a touch of advice or some wisdom or inspiration or or humor for those of us who are still on life's journey. For instance, recently I I uh, came across uh, John Stott's uh, last words of advice to his assistant back in 2011 before he passed on. Uh, John Stott was a great, great preacher and teacher of the Christian faith and a wonderful writer. And here is his last bit of advice to his assistant. Do the hard thing. Stott believed that choosing the easy trail, the road most taken and the Path of least resistance can only end in mediocrity, even if it comes with praise or prosperity. Most recently a Christian writer that I have enjoyed over the years is Dallas Willard, and his last words to his granddaughter was uh, give them heaven. Give them heaven. Have you ever thought about what last words of advice you'd like to pass on to your loved ones on your deathbed? Tom Wright Bible scholar was asked what he'd say to his children, and he said, I'd tell them, look at Jesus. And then he explained, the person who walks out of the pages of the Gospels to meet us is is just central and irreplaceable. He He's always a surprise. We never have Jesus in our pockets. He's always coming at us from different angles. So if you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. And if you want to know what it means to be human, look at Jesus. And if you want to know what love is, look at Jesus. And, and go on looking until you're not just a spectator, but part of the drama that has him as a central character. How about you? What would your last words be? For myself, I've thought about it. I think I'd say, stick with Jesus. Or for my kids, who are quite solid in their own Christian walk. Maybe it would be, let your light keep shining for Jesus Christ. I'm talking about last words today because we have some last words of advice before us in our reading. From an old pastor named Paul. It's his final letter that he ever wrote. He's written it to a young church leader, a pastor uh, named Timothy, who is struggling in his own ministry, experiencing some hardships, crises in his congregation. Uh, Paul is in a jail cell and he's about to be executed. The end is near, but he takes the time to write one last letter to this young man that he loved. In the first section, he talks a bit about his special uh, feelings towards Timothy, how he loved him like a son. And he then moves on to anguish over what a messed up world Timothy is working in. People easily getting misled by philosophies and the worldviews and mixed up theologies around them. And lacking God's truth in their own lives, then they end up adding to the mess by passing on these error-filled teachings to others and they're finding their way into Timothy's congregation and faiths are faiths are getting shipwrecked the congregation needs a pastor a leader to keep them on track with God's truth Paul knew that so did Timothy and Paul reminds him of that he and his congregation you see need some solid footing in the midst of the shifting sands of the times in which they lived. Recently, Julie and I had to have a new deck put around our house, cause our old deck has gotten so spongy as you walked on it. We were afraid to have more than four or five people even on the deck with us; it might cave in. When the person came and tore it apart to put on a new one, he found that there were no footings—not solid footings. They're just some posts that were dug in that had been poked in the ground, and now they were rotten. We needed solid footing. Likewise, in our Christian walk with the Lord. We need solid footing. It happens so easily that we can get mixed up. I had some friend, uh, folks in my congregation who called me years ago said, Would you come visit us? We're just really needing to talk with you. And when I got to their home, I came to find out that Jehovah Witnesses had been coming to their home and had started a Bible study with them in their living room. And she, they said, Steve, we're so mixed up. We don't know what to believe. And so I sat down with them with our Bibles and addressed their questions. I'm glad to say they they no longer are are letting Jehovah Witnesses into their home for Bible study. It happens so easily. We get mixed up by the world around us. We need solid footing. And, and Paul points Timothy to the solid footing. He says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed and from whom you learned it, me, Timothy, and... How from childhood, you've known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. There's your solid footing. You need to stick with the word of God. That word continue means ongoing action. Keep working with the word, Timothy. Stick with it and then share it with your congregation and get them into it. I love the statement years ago I heard, a Bible that's falling apart probably belongs to someone who isn't. It's solid stuff for us. The important thing, Paul says, it's able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ. It leads us to Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Savior of the world. The main point, you see, of the Bible is to show us how to enter into a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Scriptures testify to him from Genesis... All the way to Revelation. I mean, there are 66 books in the Bible. Did you know that there is a common thread that runs all the way through? One storyline from beginning to end. God's rescue plan to bring us to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. As Martin Luther one time testified, the Bible is the cradle that holds the Christ child. Then we're reminded by Paul of what makes scripture so special. He says, all scripture is inspired by God. Meaning, literally, that word inspired, it's breathed into. God has breathed into it. His Spirit, it's Spirit-filled. It's God's way of speaking to us. It's powerful, and it can change the life that engages with it. I love going to uh, Gideon banquets. I get invited because I have Gideons in my congregation. And are always a testimony or two there about some soul that is in a motel room alone, and life is falling apart, and then they find a Gideon Bible and begin to study it, engage with it, and they have a spiritual awakening and ask Christ in. Wonderful, wonderful testimonies to the power of the Word of God. Martin Luther says, the Bible's alive, it speaks to me, it has feet, it runs after me, it has hands, it lays hold on me, it's alive. I know there are skeptics about the Bible. They'll say things about its reliability that it isn't reliable. It's just a bunch of stories written by men not to be trusted. The truth is, though, that of all ancient literature, the New Testament, for instance, is the most well-authenticated document with an overwhelming amount of evidence supporting its reliability I mean, there are more New Testament manuscripts copied with greater accuracy at earlier dates than any other secular classic from antiquity, such as Herodotus or Plato or or Aristotle. Did you know that there are 333 Old Testament prophecies about Jesus, written hundreds of years before, all fulfilled with the coming of Jesus Christ? Do You know, there's all sorts of evidence out there in terms of archaeology. And if you're looking for some some other places to, to, to build on the reliability of Scripture, I pick up a book by uh, Lee Strobel called A Case for Christ. It's, it's a wonderful read. Or A Case for Faith is another one. It's reliable. Somebody might say, okay, it's reliable, but I don't think it's very relevant for this modern day and age. Uh, A young man said to his pastor, I live in the technological age. Those people in the Bible rode camels. What do a bunch of camel drivers have to say to me? It's a legitimate question, I suppose, but it's a question that we can answer. The basic issues of life, sin and guilt and hope and faith and grief and death have not changed. Those camel drivers have something to say to us. That book that's written so long ago... Has great relevance for contemporary men and women. Paul then goes on to say, and you know what, Timothy? It's useful. It's good for you. It's good for teaching. You want to know about God, His character, how He feels about you, how He operates, what's important to Him? Read your Bible. There's your, there you find your doctrine of God. You want to know about Jesus, who He is, what He's done, about the kingdom that He preached? Open your Bible. You want to know more about the Holy Spirit and His job and who He is? You want to know about the church and on and on. Everything we say in that Apostles' Creed is based upon what was found the teachings of the Bible. It's great for reproof. As well, we're told uh, reproof is a word that means to set straight, convincing a person the error of his ways, of his thinking. I I love having a GPS in the car because we're going long and I don't trust it and I start going my own direction and suddenly it goes, wow, recalculating, Right. I need to be corrected, which moves us on. It's good for correction. It changes us, moves us in a different direction. There's improvements in our moral posture, our behavior. And finally, it's good for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, which means useful, equipped for every good work. It trains us to follow Jesus so that we can carry out God's purpose in our lives. (laughs) It's no wonder that the church refers to the Bible as God's means of grace. It is a real gift. He speaks into our lives words of grace and peace, words of wisdom and hope, showing us himself so that we can know him and understand him more intimately and know what his purposes is for our lives, and, and not just for our own sake, but to be useful to God and others so that we might bring him honor with our lives. (laughs) Paul is basically saying this today Timothy the world is crazy and it's so easy to get lost and it's so easy to get mixed up and to find yourself away from God and his truth you'll live better connected to God's word God's word keeps you going Many people in my congregation know that for a fact. They testify to it when I walk into their hospital room for a visit, and there on their bed table over the, their hospital bed is a Bible, their Bible. They've brought it along and a devotional book as well, because they know that the Word of God in this time of crisis can keep them going. And it keeps us growing, growing in Christ, my little grandson Henry turned two last week and he's healthy and he's growing. I mean, he's 33, 33 pounds already. Why? Because dad and mom are feeding him. I don't know what they're feeding him. Obviously a lot. Isn't it interesting that the Bible talks about us as infants in Christ who need spiritual milk? Peter, you'll find that in first Peter. We need food. And what's in the Bible is God's spiritual milk for our growth. That's how he feeds us and gets us healthy. We need a steady diet of God's word in order to grow. But unfortunately, many of us are spiritual anorexics when it comes to God's word. We're starving ourselves. Let me ask you, do you own a Bible? I'm sure most of you are nodding your heads. It doesn't surprise me. It's the top-selling book in the world. But the problem is, the problem is this. There are too many people, including people in the Church of Christ, that don't use them. They're not engaging with the Word of God. And that's what we're being pointed to today, the importance of engaging with the Word of God. It's important that you engage with the Word of God by reading your Bible, on a daily basis, to set some time, quiet time, alone with God and to ask Him before you even open it to show you what He wants you to see in that Word today. It means uh, being reflective on what you're reading. Then study it. Look at it like a student. Ask questions about what you've read. Those famous questions that are so good for us to ask, who, what, when, where, why, and how, will help you to Get deeper into your study. I have found for myself that one of the best ways, besides going to a class, is to join a small group. There's such value on being part of a small community that is committed to getting immersed in God's Word. There's the discipline of it, of learning. There's an accountability for me to study before I go to a group meeting. The Holy Spirit works on me there, but then it works on me all the more as we share our findings with one another and begin to ask about how can I be a doer of the word as well? How do I apply this in my life? I had a young man share with a congregation a few weeks ago. His name was Rich. He said, this experience of being in a group has changed my life. It's made me a better husband and father as it's gotten me deeper into the word and what God's will is for my life. It's increased my understanding of the Lord. People will sometimes say, I wish God would just speak to me. As a pastor, my response to that statement is, He already has. He already has spoken to you. Open your Bible, read it, study it, treasure it, read it prayerfully, and learn of His love and His will for your life, and you will discover that life is better connected to God's Word. That's our truth for the day. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the reminder that we need to stay grounded in your Word. May we be people that daily connect with your written Word, growing closer and closer to you as you reveal your salvation and truths to us. And may we not only be students of your word, but also doers of your word. Putting to work what you've revealed to us about living our lives in a way that brings you pleasure and honor. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen.
0: You have been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray you will daily open your Bible, study it carefully, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through His Word. Christian Crusaders appreciates the generous support we receive from our listeners. One way your support can help the lives of others continue to be enriched through the hearing of God's Word is to remember this ministry in your estate planning. For more information on estate giving, call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH or 1-888-693-2484 or visit us online at www.christiancrusaders.org. Be sure to check us out on our exciting new website where you can find printed and audio versions of today's program as well as past programs. Our website address is christiancrusaders.org. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to hear it again, we ask you to consider making a gift to this ministry. Christian Crusaders is of vital importance to many persons who are unable to attend worship services in the church of their choice. We now broadcast on 23 radio stations across the United States on shortwave and satellite radio and over Imani Radio in Kenya. All donations are considered tax-deductible. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was our speaker, the Rev. Steve Kramer. Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders on the air and online. And now in its 82nd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.